We back. We back. We back. So, I watched the Who Killed Malcolm X, the docuseries on Netflix, and I must say, they did a great job. They kept me entertained. They told me things I didn't know about Malcolm X, how he was killed. It talked about how his life was during the time period when he was alive. His life was well documented by the FBI and the media at large. Malcolm X was able to have. A, <laughs> Malcolm X was able to have a cult following um, because of how he spoke. I don't know if people understood his message, but they definitely wanted to hear him speak. And then it's important that we look at this story from a bird's eye view and not surface level. On the surface, Malcolm X was speaking everything you wanted to hear. He openly said that whites were the enemy, the enemy, especially blue-eyed devils. He was a segregationist and was the precursor to the black, the black power movement. He encouraged violence against whites to obtain freedom and to minimize oppression. Ironically, he was born in Omaha, Nebraska, where my father was born and raised. But he was raised in Detroit. If I'm not mistaken, he didn't have his father in his life. Uh, as his father was what they believe was white supremacy, was killed by white supremacy, quote unquote. But I'm not sure uh, there's proof of that. Uh, I know it's alleged. X turned to the streets like a young, like a lot of the young men who don't have a decent father figure to show them right and wrong. He was selling dope and speakeasies and some more shit. I forget why he went to jail. But one of you brothers can help me out with that. But he goes to jail and he eventually gets down with the Nation of Islam. Now, these Nation of Islam brothers is cool. You feel me? Like, I like them. They teach order. Uh, they can bring a man who, who's a criminal and bring him to being a law-abiding citizen. What I don't like is that they have blood oaths and they take them seriously. I mean, gangs, frats. Like, societies, they all have some type of oath that if you break it, you have to suffer the consequences. And it's clear to me that the Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, was an extremely knowledgeable man. And his teachings touched people who, who needed it. And I'm pretty sure he read a few books, and he understood order, and he understood um, how fraternities work. If you know, you know. When you think about crime in the so-called black community, who are the ones who are really committing these crimes, though? Men who come from, or excuse me, boys who come from a single-parent home, more times than often, a single mom. And if I'm not here, and I'm not here to bash single moms, but in a lot of these situations, these couples have babies on accident or carelessly, and or carelessly before they're even ready, especially for men. And these single moms produce mama's boys. And mama's boys are essentially simps or simpletons. They're either too soft or too hard. Either way, they hold their mother up on a pedestal. And she is not to be on. She's not to be up there. And once she falls. Or once she fails to live up to that pedestal. That anger starts to build up. And when you're angry. You naturally become what you hate. And you start looking at life like the glass is half empty instead of half full. 
racism, oppression, feminism, police brutality will all be keywords that will trigger your emotions. And as a man, you're, you're supposed to over you're, you're supposed to overcome, not complain, blame, and your mother really can't teach you that. It's in her nature to complain and blame. Complain and blame. Anyways, the nation of Islam and the Elijah Muhammad at large act like a father figure to its members. And that can be dangerous. Uh, the Most High has already set a natural order um, of the Most High man, woman, and children. Within that order, children listen, to, listen and learn from their mother. And the mother is protected by her husband and her man is led by the Most High. Men turn to the Most High when they have problems or issues. You don't turn, you don't run to your mother. You learn from your father if he if he is here on this earth and you're blessed enough to have him in your life. But it's imperative that you forgive your earthly father for anything or everything they ever did to you. Without forgiveness, you'll live anger and you'll never be able to fill that void. Uh, you'll look to, you'll look to different women just to fill and depend on them. Uh, You'll tell women all your problems unconsciously. Unconsciously, they'll be you'll be emasculating yourself. Anyways, the nation of Islam puts, or yeah, the nation of Islam puts Elijah Muhammad where God is in Christianity. And it's crazy how every sentence Malcolm X would say, he'd be like the teachings of the honorable Elijah Muhammad. It was like he was brainwashed to say these things. Uh, Elijah Muhammad knew this, knew he was a gold mine. Uh, Malcolm X was a great orator, and he knew how to connect with people, kind of like The Rock. Uh, the Elijah Muhammad took him under his wing, though. A lot of the other mentors were a little bit jealous of him, but for the most part, everybody respected Malcolm. Now, I'm not sure if Malcolm knew about all the money scams that Elijah Muhammad and his immediate family were doing. Um the Nation of Islam was a million-dollar religion that didn't pay taxes. And Elijah Muhammad's sons went willy-nilly buying prostitutes and drugs and all type of immoral shit, allegedly. And, uh, and Elijah Muhammad even had outside baby mamas who were underage, allegedly. And X knew about it, but he held that card in his pocket. He let all that shit slide until the, into the nation of Islam had to excommunicate him indefinitely. And I don't know why people are surprised. I mean, if you join the local blood gang down the street and you speak bad about them and their leader, you might die. You, you might. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. But the rift really started when uh, John F. Kennedy died. Elijah Muhammad did not want X to speak bad about John F. Kennedy. Uh, he said that the roosters came to lay eggs or something to that effect. Fact of the matter is, his leader said, don't say shit. And he said shit. So he was on a 90-day probation. Uh, still moving and grooving. He ain't care about... <laughs> he ain't care he was disrespectful to the Nation of Islam. And them niggas was ex-convicts. So they took that shit to heart. <laughs> There was an incident where there was a house bombing and uh, Malcolm X and his wife said it was racially motivated. Some say it was X himself. He was living in the house. He couldn't pay for it because Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam paid for it. 
you know what? Malcolm X really sacrificed his family for this so-called cause. Um, he didn't die with money. And one has to really wonder how you can like see your family struggle. You know, he really was a puppet. Uh, he was told what to say and when to say it. And when the puppet couldn't be controlled anymore, <laughs> they he had to go. His last attempt to get back into the nation of Islam was to piggyback on my, is, um, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. Uh, get cool with him, and maybe Elijah Muhammad will accept him in again. But, you know, Ali dissed him in public, and after that, X really lost his damn mind. He really went hard on the nation of Islam, airing out all their dirty laundry, and to be honest, it really was quite quite pathetic looking in hindsight. Uh, he claimed it was for moral reasons, but he really wanted it. He, if he really wanted to be a part of this immoral organization, why did he just come out with all this information after he was clearly indefinitely kicked out? That's my whole thing. Oh, yeah. And before I forget, we hold X to this high regard because he changed the status quo and he essentially ended racism in today's modern world. But then they claim in the docuseries that we still have police brutality, we still have racism, and we still have white supremacy. So what did he really do if all those things are still relevant? If he's held so high... Shouldn't he, shouldn't he have actually fixed something or left us with a plan? Like I said before, Malcolm X was a puppet. He was being manipulated by higher-ups. Activists are nothing but loudmouths that, <laughs> that want to cause chaos. Uh, they're agents of chaos. And, a and Malcolm X was great at acknowledging things that he was going through and around him, but he didn't analyze and come up with a plan. Maybe he was on his way towards that because he did admit to himself that he started to think for himself and he started to love and learn and forgive, but he wasn't really able to live up to that. And that's the real tragedy. Um, People, you know, the civil rights movement was supposed to be a movement that really helped so-called black people, but, you know... We go back and forth. At the same time, all the black people that were, all the so-called black people that were involved with the civil rights movement, you know, they did. They died and they they sat in the, in the buses and they boycotted. And they did all these things for us, for us to have freedom and live through oppression. But you have people that are saying that those things are still going on today. And how can we show and pay people respect from the 1950s and the 1960s that those people that, you know, so-called died for our troubles, how are we still sitting here in 2020 saying that racism and oppression still exists? So we're saying all the shit they did for those 10, 20 years. And believe me, y'all, I am, hey, <laughs> y'all know how I feel about the civil rights movement. It is what it is. But. I'm just saying for the liberal movement, if the civil rights movement was such this great, big, 
changing in the status quo of society, why are we still talking about things that were happening back then saying that those things still exist? Didn't Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all the other civil rights leaders, didn't they work diligently and very hard and then they quote unquote die so that we can have freedom or did they just die for no reason? And shit, racism and oppression is going to be here regardless. So why the hell are we spending so much time trying to fight against it? It's a lose-lose battle. And we've been fighting against this so-called racism and oppression for almost 400 years. Uh, you know, they're going to tell you we've been enslaved for 400 years and we've been enslaved and blah, blah, blah. And like, if they're going to, if, if that's happening, then what the hell are we fighting the civil rights movement for if ain't nothing going to change? I think we need to switch up the battle, switch up the tactics, and and really just take a bird's eye view and a three-dimensional look at life and understand that, to be honest, it ain't have nothing to do with oppression. It ain't got nothing to do with racism. Look, if you feel like the civil rights movement was a great thing, then it was a great thing. And they fought for everything that you can have. Um, now, today, you got affirmative action. You got, you know... You can vote. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, that damn it, this thing be stopping, man, for no reason. Anyways, I think this is where it cut off. Um, as far as uh, Malcolm X being killed, I don't blame Mox Twenty Five. I don't blame William Bradford. I don't blame the Nation of Islam. I don't blame the FBI. I don't blame the police. Oh, before I even go further, I don't know why we even want to blame the lack of police at Malcolm X's speech. This nigga did not fuck with police. He was not fond of the police. He was not cool with the police. He was not buddy-buddy with the police. Matter of fact, he, I think he wanted, I think he thought the police were the enemy, if I'm not mistaken. So for people to blame the lack of police being at a Malcolm X rally or a pep rally or whatever you want to call it. It's really mind-baffling because that just goes to show you the hypocrisy of the liberal mindset that we can sit here on one hand say police brutalize us and they oppress us and they abuse their power against us. But on the other hand, we want them to save us. I, I do not get that at all. But that's the liberal movement for you. I blame Gene Roberts, head of security and his right-hand man, allegedly, Uh this man didn't have a search team. This man didn't have a pat-down team. I mean, goddamn, we, clubs down at uh, Midtown bars have better security than this nigga did. I don't get it. I mean, if you have a high-profile client and, you know, you're doing speeches all around the country and he's speaking that hot shit, um, why wouldn't you have a metal detector or a pat-down team, like I said, security squad, something Somebody got to be there. Like, you the head of security. You the head of security and you did not secure. And then they got this picture of this BDI dude just looking while Malcolm X is shot and all that. Like, come on, dude. Like, you look dumb. You were the head of security. Why aren't you securing the place? How niggas pulling up with bit, with a forty-five and a shot-off shotgun? Like, that's that's crazy to me. So, but y'all got to look into that Gene Roberts character, man. He was more than just, you know, his right-hand man. He was a little bit more than that. I think he had something to do with um, the government. He was placed there and some some uh, some other shit, man. One of you brothers can correct me on that, but 
Anyways, man, we back, man, season four. Hopefully, you know, this was a smooth episode because it cut off, and I don't really know where it cut off, but hopefully it goes through smooth. Um, you already know, man, what time it is. Yeah. It is what it is.